Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald. And joining me is my co-host, Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. Matt, of course, you can find on Twitter at Horizon Matt. You can find us on Twitter as well at HorizonRT. And you can find us... And be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. Be sure to also go to HorizonRoundtable.com for all our stuff. And Matt, it's it's been a week. Oh, I think it's been a pretty awesome week, but maybe well, maybe I'm biased. Well, you, it could be. You were uh, so I've come to the conclusion that this weekend at least you're getting you're, you you got at least Cleveland State and Purdue Fort Wayne's best shot. I, I don't know about sure it. But it seems like those are the two teams that are, yeah, you get they they're the ones that basically gave Oakland their you know, the best shot because coming prior to this week, this past week, Oakland had led by more than twenty or more at certain at stages of most of the games they played in the conference, except for this weekend. Well, before we even get into this, I, I got to say that just even the way you started this, maybe for the you know people that listen to this, I, I want them to hear this. Yes, yes. I, am an, I am a former Oakland student. I am obviously nearby. I attend Oakland games. I am Oakland-centered, but I am a fan of all of the horizon, despite what half this league seems to think about me. And while <laughs> I'm excited for Oakland, I just wanted to be, I'm, I really don't consider myself an Oakland fan most of the time. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I want to put that out there because everyone always, you know, yes, I, I'm I'm Oakland centered. I'm the Oakland person for Horizon Roundtable at that, and I seem to do a pretty good job of knowing what's going on there, and I I do the best I can. But I just wanted to be known that I really enjoyed this week, including what I saw from Cleveland State, including what I saw from Purdue Fort Wayne, and not just against Oakland, also in their games against Detroit Mercy. Like I watch a lot of the other stuff too, and I'm not just an Oakland person, despite what most of the people that interact with me seem to think. Uh, just want to like, put that out there. Would you like to know why I didn't like to see out of Cleveland State? <laughs> Uh, losing. Um, no losing I can live with, but this is what I, but the free throws, it has been their bugaboo all season and it came to bite them in the butt on Thursday against Oakland. Here's the thing though. Yes, you're a hundred percent correct, but, and maybe you have a different perspective as a Cleveland state person. And I welcome and want to hear this. The person that seemed to struggle the most with free throws gave you so many more points back than what they lost in the free throws that I would call it a wash. Spider Johnson was amazing for you guys against Oakland and kept you in a game that probably would have gotten away from you otherwise. Well, the other thing too was the other issue that they had was not just the free throws, which obviously, as you mentioned, yeah, he, he, uh, that he has some big ones. He had, but it's three pointers. They didn't hit a three pointer after the 11 minute mark of the first half. Of that well, game, and you guys came out, and he doesn't. And by the way, and incidentally, Spider Johnson does not shoot free for uh, three pointers. No, <laughs> so that's not well, on him. And here's the thing: um, out of the gate, you guys hit like four threes, like right to start that game. Like yes. it, you set the tone, like we are shooting and we are going for it. I and wish then... they wouldn't do that. They're not exactly so. They're not exactly. There are certain there are certain players who can get hot from the from beyond the arc. But I don't like that that sometimes becomes the strategy. Like, for example, in during the Detroit game, you Dennis Gates deliberately put Nate Jack in the game because he's a three-point guy, and he did very well. And that worked out very well. But, you know, after a certain point, we it was getting to where, okay, you know exactly what he's doing. You know exactly what they're going to clamp down on defensive-wise. And that's to me, that's exactly what happened – 
in this after the eleven minute mark of the first half in the Oakland game. Well, and here's where I'm. I was a little bit confused. Like y'all were shooting the three real hot to start, and then it, it clearly cooled off. Yeah. Do you know which team in the entire league is the best at defending the three point line? I'm Oakland. gonna. Yeah. And so at the at the point that it wasn't working anymore, yeah. and you're not a prolifically great three point team, no. Why did you keep going to that well? That well was dry. And that's basically what I was yelling at my TV screen the entire time. I mean, more or less. O- Oakland's weird one three one, whatever we want to call it, it, it morphs their zone. It's it's not it's not new anymore. Everyone's got plenty of video on it, and sure. And, and Gates is a great coach. Everybody knows to beat that zone, you got to get to the middle of it. And the one thing Cleveland State was really good at doing was getting into the middle of it. I mean, Hill had like 30 billion points for a minute there, all on mid-range jumpers, which is the way to beat that zone. Yes, exactly. How did they get away, but how did they get away from it? That's what I don't like. It, it was like they didn't want to win at some time, at, at times. They were like, well, we know what we could do, and it's working really well, but let's try something different. Why? Uh, I don't know. I've been That's what I didn't get. Well, yeah, and that's the part. That's the part I didn't get either. And so, you know, that was again. That was a game where that was that was a game that Cleveland State could have won, and they didn't. Which is ironic because for ever since the Oklahoma State game that Cleveland State lost by also by five coincidentally, and Oakland won by a point. I had in my head thinking, okay, is Oakland really six points better than Cleveland State? Well, as it turned out on Thursday, they were close. They were yeah, five points much. better than Cleveland State. Also, quick shout out since you brought it up. Uh, Oakland is the best team in the country using the transitive property of sports because of uh, beating Oklahoma State, who beat Baylor. So, therefore, Oakland is the best team in the country. There you go, which is awesome. So, yeah. And incidentally, you mentioned the three point defense. You had mentioned the three-point defense of Oakland, and that's exactly what they did to beat Purdue Fort Wayne too. Because you will notice, you know, in the second half of that game against Purdue Fort Wayne, where Purdue Fort Wayne was doing very well, Oakland clamped down on the defense, and I think Purdue Fort Wayne went like two for eleven in the second half from beyond the arc, and Oakland won. So yeah. If we're, I mean, this is my time, you know, this is my, my, my safe spot. No one, I'm going to say no one listens. I know that's not actually true, but you know, no, no one's listening right now. I don't know that, Oak, I don't know that Oakland deserved to win that game, but good on them for making but it. But they did. Happen. Yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, we always say that's, that's the sign of a, of a championship team, right? You win games. Maybe you're not supposed to, that would definitely fall in this category. Oakland oh, played yeah. not well. I mean, even Campy said in his post game, um, all four of his core, you know, he's got his four core players, essentially. All of them took turns having not good games. And no one really stepped up in that game, except for probably Jalen Moore, who had to overcome a bad kind of start. And he was he was the best player of, of the four. But otherwise, I mean, Kane was set up for a monster game. He actually had a pretty decent game, if you ignore the fact that he only played like nine minutes before he fouled out. Yeah, and that's another thing. Let's hit on that super quick so I can get that out of my, my out of my mouth. Um, Jamal Kane has a reputation now in this league. It's a known fact that he chirps and he, you can get him going and you can get him to commit stupid fouls. He's got a couple texts on this stuff. Um, I was, I'm a little surprised to see that about him, but you know what? Okay, cool. He's a competitor or whatever, but now everybody else knows that he's got to stop and he's got to learn because he hurt his team both games this weekend with really bad, stupid fouls. 
See that. See that's the other thing. But the flagrant, I didn't really understand. I really didn't. I didn't understand that flagrant at all. Um. So they. Uh. I think it was Neil was talking to Greg after the game, and um, the way it was explained was when they looked at it, he came down with force, and even though they even agreed that Did he, he probably he didn't probably know he was there. Okay. But he still did. But he came down in force. And what the what the ref told Greg was, I had no choice. I also wasn't digging the double tech on him. And uh, who was it for Cleveland State? Was it Des Moines Hodge or was it Probably. Uh, yeah, I don't, I honestly, it was, those those two are so interchangeable in my head, which isn't fair. But that, the, the double tech was kind of question uh, between uh, during the Cleveland State Oakland game was also kind of questionable. But Jamal <laughs> Kane's got he's got a few of those now. You know, he got a double tech against Youngstown State. He got the double tech against Cleveland State. He got you know teched up against Fort Wayne. Like. Man, when you are the all-star, when you are being talked about as a potential mid No, 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 wait, I think year, it was Trago Million. I can't, oh, you know what? I don't remember. <laughs> You're right. They all well, are pretty much interchangeable. They all, well, Trago Million's different, but that's, again, he's the guy from Ferris Bueller in my head, which is a whole different <laughs> story. But anyway, um, I mean, Jamal Kane's got a reputation now. Whether it's fair or not, he has that reputation. He, the officials know him and know what he, you know, what's happened. So he's got to play cleaner. He can't give them an excuse to tech him up, to call a cheap foul. They need him on the floor. Oakland's only playing six deep as it is. They need him on the floor. Like, they got really lucky to get out of Fort Wayne with a win. Fort Wayne played really well for the most part, I thought. And um, I thought they outplayed Oakland pretty much the whole game. And then Oakland did what championship teams do, and they found a way to win. I think Purdue Fort Wayne's biggest issue right now is the fact they keep playing really tough teams. That doesn't help. It doesn't help because they've been. I mean, honestly, they. I mean, this is this is a scary team. I mean, Purdue. I've been saying for a long time that Purdue Fort Wayne is a scary team, and they put a scare into Oakland this weekend, and they beat Detroit Mercy. So, and, and Detroit Mercy, obviously, we're at a point where, man, I don't know about that one. I mean, it's basically. I, I think once again we are now at the. Make anybody else besides Antoine Davis beat you. That's how Cleveland State got back into that game. Well, I mean, watching both of their games this weekend, it's the same Detroit Mercy team. You you can swap players over the past two or three years, the pieces, but it's the same team, and that team doesn't win. That doesn't, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't it, work. And it didn't work this weekend. It didn't work against Purdue Fort Wayne. It almost worked against Cleveland State, but it didn't because fi- Cleveland State finally got to the point where, like, okay, because they were down by ten at, at, at some point in the second half, and I'm like, oh Jesus, here we go again. And you don't know if you know. And I, you always think at the back of their back of your mind that Cleveland State's defense is somehow going to get them back in this game, and in this case, it did. And they ended up getting the win. And oh, by the way, Des Moines Hodge. Uh, I mean, the defense he played on Antoine Davis specifically in the last minute of that game probably saved that game for Cleveland State. But Cleveland State's been known to uh, hang their head on their defense, right? Like, that's nothing new, and that's what they did. When it, when it came time to make it happen, they made it happen. Yes, and that's, yeah, and that's why I don't, like, freak out until, like, the last two or three minutes of the game when, you know, when you know Cleveland State's got the ability to do that, and they've done that a lot this season, but man, I'm a middle-aged dude. Come on, you gotta you gotta take into consideration. I might have some heart. I may have some heart conditions that might crop up here in my later in my later years. This isn't helping me. Please you know, with the, with do the it Oakland for my Cleveland, well-being. 
really with both games that I, of Oakland this weekend, but especially the Oakland-Cleveland State game, at no point did I get riled up or excited or anything because I knew I had until about the last 90 seconds to, to, before I'd need to become invested. You know what I mean? So just whatever happened, I just took it in. It was it was watching a show. It was entertain. Is this not, are we not entertained? You know what I mean? Like, see, that's the difference between you and me because the entire whole first half where Cleveland State was up by fourteen and just basically gave it away, I was losing my mind. Then you haven't watched Horizon League basketball, and somehow I also know that's not true. That game was going to come down <laughs> to the wire. So why why get all wrapped up until? Because that's what I do. That's well, what I do. Let's let's talk about healthy basketball habits. But let's let's do a mental health episode <laughs> of the Horizon Roundtable. Oh, well, this is yeah. You know what? It's gonna yeah. Believe me. You know, you could we could work we could attempt to work that out. But that seems like that's that would be across multiple episodes, and we lose a lot of the season doing that. So let, let's just go ahead and move on. Maybe that should be our summer plans. Is like we could find like a good mental health expert that also enjoys sports and like bring them in and talk about. <laughs> healthy, healthy watching. Because how many of these games this week between all 12 teams came down to the wire? If you exclude Milwaukee, um, IUPUI, um, pretty much everything else was pretty tight, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's funny because, yeah, it, well, uh, no, uh, UIC Green Bay wasn't t- wasn't good either. UIC was, ran away from that game. And by the way, UIC, obviously, they got Demarie Franklin back. They got Michael Dickens back. And it showed. <laughs> Hey, because they swept the weekend. Could you imagine if you like, I don't know, let's say you had like a podcast where you talked about the league and you kept saying, hey, I think UIC is better than anyone realizes. And then they do that this week and you go, wow, if only I could have predicted this. (laughs) UIC definitely suffered from the fact they were losing. They missed. They were missing guys. Although, but to be, be, yeah, but that's the problem. Are they, you know, the, the issue they now have is, are they going to stay healthy? uh, Right. And I'd like to, I'd like to hope the answer is yeah. Like they've gotten the COVID out of the way. They've gotten some injuries out of the way. Like maybe they're just primed to finally make a run. Careful. They might be. I mean, maybe, I mean, I think they're a well-constructed team. I I, I keep saying that, you know, Franklin is someone that you can put the ball in his hands with the game on the line. You've got Diggins down low, who's more athletic than probably anybody else in this league. I mean, due to the former volleyball player and you see it when he jumps, he can out jump probably anybody in the horizon. That includes Jamal Kane, which is impressive. Um, You know, like, and then you've got, you've got a hail from the, that can light it up from three. If you leave them alone, like they've got the pieces. I think they're a good team. They might be. They're they're just on the the outside of my top four right now. Mm, I mean, personally, possibly my yeah, personal I mean, power rankings. I think the biggest issue they problem they have is they're you know that it, it's always been the slow start. And again, you know, you're looking at the you're looking at who they lost to, and I mean, I'm trying to figure out who that is. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the well, yeah, as evidenced by the fact that Oakland, you know, they came back in that Oakland game yeah. and made it a game. Oakland pants them and they said, "Cool, look at it, let's go," and they did. And uh, I mean, the 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 Detroit Mercy loss was kind of iffy, but I mean, it is what it is. And then of course they lost to Wright State, and I, you know what, I'm. I'm still on the fence about Wright State, but it seems like, yeah, especially, but, and this weekend was not really a good, 
Rex, that, that this weekend was probably not a great uh, measuring stick because they only played, what, six, seven guys, period, the entire yeah, but, time. But, okay, so I keep hearing, you know, this talk of, oh, my gosh, no depth, six or seven guys. And, again, as we've talked about a couple times already, I am an Oakland-centered person. I Does used it matter? To o- o- Oakland literally played six guys against Fort Wayne. I mean, Conway starts. So um, I think, I don't remember if I hit on that real quick. So um, Greg can't be talked about. He starts Conway because he feels the first couple minutes of the game are the least important. So it's his chance to get Conway some minutes. Then he pulls him out and Conway doesn't go back in. And from there, he really only played five guys against Fort Wayne because Kane followed out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so he, you know, the box score says seven. It was really six and it was really five because Kane followed out. You know, I, I don't think depth is quite as important as some people make it out to be, unless you're a team that's completely just running, you know, run and gun the whole time. And that's your whole plan is to play depth and to out, you know, to gas the other team. But I don't think anyone's doing that. So therefore depth is, is less of a conversation in my eyes than I think a lot of right. other it people depends on, it depends on the team. It clearly depends on the team. Cause as you mentioned, Oakland, not really a deep team, Cleveland state deep team, but that's by design. Wright State, clearly not a deep, deep team, and it came very close to not even mattering the entire weekend. <laughs> very close, if not for a Daniel Logoro three-pointer. Yeah. And, yeah, that probably – I mean, I'm sure the, – the, the thing with that, though, and this is the problem that Wright State has, and we've seen this season after season after season, Scott Nagy is – not big on having that deep a bench, but when you get to tur- conference tournament time, what happens? <laughs> and it seems to happen. It's happened at least twice uh, in back-to-back seasons. I think it seems like they just run out of gas and they're out of the conference tournament. I'm, I'm convinced that's what happened to them last season. I mean, I can't tell you you're wrong, but anecdotally, I, like, I mean, we watched again, using Oakland as my example, they won their, their MTE this year with, with the same thing. That was three days back to back to back. Okay. Like it can be done. It just, you have to prep for this. And you know, if you're a college kid and you can't play those kind of minutes, you're probably not setting yourself for, up for success. Cause I don't think that's that much to ask of a D one athlete, but maybe I'm wrong. I've never been a D one athlete. I couldn't do it, but I'm not getting my school paid for to do it either. You know? True. I think it's yeah. I, I think with Wright State and you know, and to your point about the MTE, Wright State did the exact same thing and went zero and three. So, but Wright State wasn't very good in the beginning of the year. That's I mean we can't. It's that, pretty that's, clear. That's not opinion. That's fact. They just weren't very good, and yet, as Scott Nagy does, he's getting this team together. And it took a little bit longer maybe this year, but they're playing really well. And what, they're playing whoever, and again, who's ever there with less guys. <laughs> I mean, their bench, their bench rotation this week constituted two walk-ons, one of them being his son, TJ, who didn't even play, by the way, against Youngstown State. I mean, I watched Grant Basile playing all those minutes, turn into a point guard for, at one point and bring the ball up the floor. And you know what? I think he was just fine. If, if you're going to play a shorter bench, but it means putting the ball in Grant Basile's hands more often, you might be more successful. I mean, possibly. Even though, I mean... Even though, if we're being honest, Tanner Holden is no slouch himself. Oh, no. He's still, I think Tanner Holden is still one and Grant Basile's two. But but on a day where Tanner Holden's not, you know, maybe he's struggling, 
Grandpa Silly's perfectly capable of being a one, you know, like. Or in the case of Robert Morris, he hits, he he gets hit with three fouls in the first half. Right. Well, and that's where a good. Well, that's where some coaches would pull them. Jamal Kane, we're just gonna keep rolling that right on out. <laughs> oh man, I, that was crazy because yeah, that's. I think at some point, I think that was the point, and I remember this because he had two fouls. Uh, Trago Million had two fouls, and I think I remember asking you directly, okay. I don't get that. I mean, that's, that's like playing with fire. That's what, but that's, you know, and um, it, it's known that, you know, Greg Campy plays poker with Tony Paul. Like there's a constant poker game. He's a, he's a bit of a gambler. And I think he expects his graduate senior number one player, his, his Batman to know better and to make sure that he doesn't put himself in that situation and his Batman screwed up. Well, all right. Hopefully, something something learned this week as far as going forward. Because if they can learn that lesson while winning two big games, good place to be. No. Well, we need to have a conversation about Youngstown State. So again, Youngstown State gets a Daniel Gore three pointer to win the game against Wright State. Now they got to go on the road play Cleveland State and Fort Wayne again. And yeah, I mean, I know the you know. And those are two games they lost when they were at home. They lost three games in a row at home. Now they got to go on the road. And that's that's going to be tough for them. Yeah. I don't have a lot to add to that. I mean. It, yeah. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out kind of what. I mean, it, it, and the games have all been close. You know, they took Cleveland State to overtime. Um, if not for an Adrian Nelson, hi, Adrian Nelson, um, layup because – everybody missed him in coverage in the last seconds of that game against Northern Kentucky. They win that game, but they didn't. Um, and then the, and then, you know, the game against Wright state. So it's like really close. They had three games. They lost at, at home and now they got to, uh, they were, and now they got to go on the road. And it's, I, mean, I, I, I don't understand. It's, uh, it's like, they have the same problem that Cleveland State, except they don't have the left of Cleveland. They don't have like you know, they don't have the you know the thing that going on at Cleveland State where they are able to pull these games out. Well, and I mean, what what I've seen from Youngstown is other than the Oakland game, they they've been in every game. Yeah, you know, absolutely. They, they, and that all that shows me is there's some parity in the league. Like I I don't know how else to break that down. Like all these games were close, really close, except yeah. For, except for games involving IUPUI, like everything's been pretty tight and okay. Like Youngstown, they got blown out by OU, like I said, but every other game, I mean, they took Cleveland state to overtime. Like you said, they, they, they lost on a buzzer beater to Northern Kentucky who then lost to Robert Morris, which I'm sure we'll get to like the, the league's tight right now. It is. And I, yeah. And I'm glad you brought up Robert Morris. Congratulations, Robert Morris. You are finally no longer winless in the league. Yay. I feel, you know what? It's funny because, you know, you look at – and again, to your point, Robert Morris was knocking on the door. A lot of these games, they just broke the wrong way for them. And that happened. that's happened most of the season for them. They finally get to a point where they – you know, and then they finally get to Northern Kentucky, and they win by, what, 10, I think, or something like that? Well, and here's the thing. Do you remember last year? Let's go, let's go back to last year for a moment. Do you remember Absolutely. what happened to Robert Morris midseason is A.J. Brahma left. Yes. And they'd, they'd been struggling. And then when A.J. Brahma left, the team got better. It's interesting you mentioned that. It's like addition but subtraction. And then this year, Rasheem Dunn walks off in the middle of the night, essentially. And the team. Not got... just, and he was the third guy to do that. Remember, he, you know, he's not the only guy who did that. But That's he's true. the most significant one to do that, obviously. 
but all of a sudden we're seeing players step up in a way that we weren't before and the, and the team's better. Mm. Khalil, Khalil Spear looked like a, like a top 10, like draft pick last night. I mean, he just mm-hmm. looked, he was, he was in, you know, like he wanted that win and he, and he had the chance to, to carry the team and he did. And I think he's been – the way that Khalil Spear has been playing all season, I think he's really wanted to do that. And and against Northern Kentucky, he had an opportunity to – and he delivered big time. He got a double-double. Also, Northern Kentucky just doesn't seem like Northern Kentucky. I, I couldn't put my finger on it watching that game, but they seem off. I, I, you know, been, like, they, see, they have seemed off all season, though. And I don't, I, I don't I, yeah, you're right. I can't put my finger on it either. I'm not sure what it is, but there's just the, I mean, did, did Marquez work even play yesterday? Like I know the answer, but like, I don't remember him being in the game. I don't, re, you know, I only remember Chris Brandon being in the game. Cause he turned the ball over and I was like, Oh, Chris Brandon, I forgot he's there. You know, like Adrian Nelson hadn't heard about him in a minute. No, I, I, he hit a buzzer beater. Cool. Like good job. But like, I don't know. They're a quiet team, partially because they don't let us cover them, but neither do they. <laughs> um, but, but beyond that, I mean, things just seem a little off. Oh, yeah, it does. You are absolutely correct. And yeah, and I, yeah, I can't put my, I honestly cannot put my finger on it either. And it's, if only it's, we could ask Aaron Horn, what's going on? What? But hey, we don't need, we don't need is, access. It's fine. You asked where Marquez Warwick was. He played score 21 against Robert Morris. Did you notice it? I did. Well, I don't know if you watched, but like no, it was I just, was, I was spending, I was, I was focusing way too much of my time on, uh, yeah. <laughs> I got excited for Robert Morris being on on the cusp, and I got locked into that game. I won't lie to you, but um, yeah. I, I don't know. It was just that Northern Kentucky's always had that mojo about them. You know, they've, yeah. they've got that 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 vibe, and I don't know if like they they forgot to re up their subscription to where whatever it is they've been on since like Drew McDonald or whatever. But yeah, they're they're just not. It's not there right now. Not does not seem like it, and it's you know, weird. Part of the problem. Part of their problem is I didn't pick them to suck this year because I always get burned on them because I See, always say this it's is all the year. Your fault. Yeah, so I gave them some credit and they didn't deserve it, and they're making me look bad yet again. <laughs> See, you, you should just not have an opinion on Northern Kentucky at all, Matt, because it seems to me that you know, yeah, whatever your opinion is seems to be wrong about them every time. Bob, you- Bob, we've done this together for a couple of years now. I'm not yeah. capable of not having an opinion on something. Oh, I'm aware of that, but I mean, I know you, you can't help it, but I mean, yeah, maybe maybe you might want to sit a couple sit this one out. <laughs> from pro, from prognosticating NKU to figuring out which smart cookies which, I have an opinion on anything. That's kind of why I'm here. Yeah, I know. Oh man, that's that's crazy. But it is what you're gonna. It is what it is. Um, and you can't really. Yeah, but. You're absolutely right. I can't put my finger on the whole Northern Kentucky thing. They should be doing a lot better than they are, and they're not. I mean, again, this speaks to the this speaks to the Horizon League in general seems to be an underachieving conference, and I never understood it, and I still don't understand it. And if, by the way, we are getting very, incidentally, I am looking at the standings right now. We are getting very close once again to a logjam in the middle of the standings again. Weird. We've never seen that before in this league. We've never seen that a million times over the course of the last three years. Um, yeah, and that's exactly what's happening. So, yeah, so basically, let's see here. Uh, Detroit Mercy's at 3-2. and two, Youngstown State and Purdue, 4-Wayne are at 4-4. Four four. UIC's at 3-3. Three three, Milwaukee's at 4-5. and five. 
yeah, there's this big old logjam in the middle. And then, of course, yeah, and that's where we're at. Amazing that the logjam even includes Milwaukee, a team that we have, you know, perpetually just written off and talked about how terrible they are. And they really have been, but yet they still find themselves in the middle of the logjam just based on who they've played, you know, like. I mean, yeah, probably. I mean, they, it's, well, I mean, if we're being honest, well, Milwaukee obviously played IUPUI. That was going to be, I feel bad saying that they're never going to win, but it's like, I mean, their wins are Robert Morris, Northern Kentucky, Green Bay, and IUPUI. And that sounds about right. <laughs> well, but isn't that part of what you have to do as a team is you beat the teams that you know you have to beat. Like, win, win the game, win the winnable games, you know? <laughs> That's true. That is true indeed. And we are still no closer to figuring out when Pat Baldwin Jr. is going to be back than we were last week. Although Pat Baldwin Sr. has swore up and down, they're not shutting him down for the season. Well, who was somebody said, I can't remember where, so it, they're all rumors and speculation at this point. No one's going to go on record saying anything of value outside of Pat Baldwin Sr. saying, we're not shutting him down. But the rumor I heard last is that is true. They are not going to shut him down. Yeah. They're going to they're shut him down for the rest of the regular season and just let him practice and hang out and get healthy. And then, then let him run amok in the tournament. I mean, that definitely falls under the not shutting him down category. It would but, it would fit the parameters. And, I mean, other than you want to see him in a game and see him against real competition, I mean, why not? It's it's a one-bid league. We know that. You just got to win your, your tournament games to get into the NCAA tournament. We know that. Milwaukee's done that before. So, hey, if you've got a five-star potential lottery pick, although he's fallen, fallen out of the lottery, um, most draft picks lately, like, or draft uh, – as they? Um, yeah, he's. Been, I think I SI has SI still has him as as a twelve. Okay, going so to, going to the Celtics, he's not all the way out of the lottery yet, but he's getting there. Well, and, but and basically, and and as I understand it, the the big, it seems to me that, and, and these obviously these mock drafts are going to go up and down and all over the place, but it seems to me the conventional wisdom is, the bulk of the focus on him is going to be during the draft process, during the workouts, during the combines. Sure. So, I mean, we're, we're take whatever's going on during the season as, with a grain of salt. And that's kind of my thought process on it. I agree with that. I think if you look at where they, you know, where they are right now, I will say this. I mean, how many Milwaukee fans were hoping to see him all season and had only seen him a couple of times? How many of you? How many of you bought season tickets thinking you're going to see a lot more of Pat Baldwin Jr. than you have? I mean, I didn't, but I, but I'm in the minority there. Well, you're also not in Milwaukee either, so. Well, right. I mean, how I hyped mean, up? How hyped up were you about seeing Pat Baldwin Jr. all the time, and you have not seen him much at all? We should get Jimmy on and talk about that. Uh, you first. <laughs> Busy that day. Busy that day. Hi, Jimmy. I mean, you're listening. Well, I mean, but to your point, you know, Milwaukee is essentially without, again, without Pat Baldwin Jr., and I think I've said this a couple of times, this is probably the team you were going to see this year, even if he, if he hadn't signed. This is the team you were going to see. That's it. And so they're playing exactly like the team that we would have expected had Pat Baldwin Jr. not signed. Basically a team that's going to 
pretty much be middle of the road, beat the teams that they get, they're going to be, you know, probably not get, uh, probably not beat anybody else as is evidence for the losses they had. So that's kind of where they're at. They're basically, uh, they're basically a mediocre team at this point. Here's the thing that I don't get about Milwaukee, and I'm not going to tell you that I'm in the inner workings of Milwaukee. That's what we have John for Jimmy or whoever, you know, but there's just always drama around them. And I don't, get it like i realize there's drama around every program but like their drama always seems to be like their laundry is always on full display like josh thomas's dad who's on a message board talking about why his son was had to sit out a game like and they didn't even tell him just airing that dirty laundry for everybody it's like you know, by, the way, it's josh, always by the way josh thomas plays that game they're probably not losing to uic potentially i mean they only lost they lost by four against uic so i don't know but yeah, that's it's weird. It's just so weird the whole dynamic behind it. And by the way, may I remind everybody, Josh Thomas came back voluntarily to Milwaukee. He could have easily did what Tijon Lucas did, and he didn't. Oh, he's so. I, let's see if we can get him on the show this summer. I'd love to talk to him or his dad even once once he's not once he's done playing there. Like, uh, I bet I'm you busy. they got some I'm stories. Busy that day. <laughs> oh no, I'm I'm in that day. Me and John got that. There you That's go. Fine. Hey, all you guys, all you guys. <laughs> John, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's funny, but it's just yeah, and maybe it's because of the folks talking about it because you know I don't know because we don't. I mean, the only other people we hear talking like this are well, we I was gonna say Detroit Mercy, but they talk about a bunch of other stuff that you know. Well, let's face it, doesn't really have a lot to do with basketball. So I'm just going to saunter on over to somewhere else that has nothing to do with it. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go to another subject, and that's it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's – but, yeah, you're it, – it's strange because you can – and maybe because, you know, like you said, our – because of the way we have kind of seen Milwaukee in terms of, you know, the people that we interact with. Maybe it's a little more prominent, but I don't know. But you're absolutely right. I think you know everybody seems to, you know everybody has some. There, there's, there's all there in programs. There's always underlying issues here, there, and everywhere. But it's just, yeah, it seems more prominent with Milwaukee. It's just constant. That's all. Like yeah, everyone's got it, but they always seem to have it, and somehow it always seems to be known. Yeah, of course. Because, yeah, but again, I think it's more of our exposure to it than anything else. Maybe. I mean, you know, to the naked eye, maybe nobody else sees that. I don't know. I don't really dwell on it too much because, you know, we don't have well. it's, but I mean, but yeah, it's, it's funny because you're, yeah, I'll be very interested because the one, the game I have circled, obviously, is because Cleveland State and Milwaukee still haven't played each other yet. So I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing if uh, Pat Baldwin Jr. Uh, appears during both Cleveland State games and the uh, the second game against Oakland. Be very will, interested will you, in seeing that. Will you be heading down to the Wolstein for that one, Bob? Um, no, I will probably not be because I will probably be paying attention to five other games that day, as I have been. <laughs> That's why you send the minions out. I got you. I'm sorry. This is this is my lot in life anymore. It's like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying I don't enjoy it, but it's. I can't get it's. 
I it's messed up because I can't get to a point. Well, not to mention the fact I'm kind of reclusive anyway. <laughs> That's I've really become, the kind of, bigger picture. I've kind of more of I've, I've basically lived a reclusive existence for a couple of years since you've all probably not noticed that. You know, do not do not take my gregarious uh, personality for somebody who isn't completely misanthropic. <laughs> Um, no, but the fact that I know as I, as Cleveland state centric as I am, I'm also cognizant that I have a horizon league podcast and I got to pay attention to everybody. So that's very sweet of you. Well, it's not even, no, it's, it's the truth. It is, it's what I, it's, you know, I, I have to speak and be able to speak intelligently about every single one of these schools and, I can't really do that if I'm sitting, you know, sitting in the stands at one, not paying attention to the other, you know, not paying attention to the other 10 or 11 teams. That's I not th- really fair to them. I think we actually, in, in this time we've already been talking, have talked about everybody except for maybe Green Bay. Should we, should we talk about Green Bay real quick since we're talking about how we talk about everybody? Well, well yeah. We I mean, really hey, hey Green, Bay, Green Bay got a do- another win again against uh, – so – it seems to me that you have everybody, you have 11 teams, and then right at the very bottom, you have IUPUI. <laughs> and again, Green Bay, is in the situ- Green Bay is once again in that in that category of, okay, they seem to want to be, they're on the cusp of doing something, but they just haven't been able to put it together. They're in the same, they're basically in the same category as Robert Morris, except they're a little better than Robert Morris because they already beat him. And the opposite may be true when they when during the return game. Well, and the big thing, I mean, looking at Green Bay at at a big picture level, like from a thousand feet up, is can are these young guys because they play so many young guys? Are they buying into Will Ryan? Is Will Ryan going to be a good coach going forward? And if so, then they're building for for a really near future. You know, guys behind guys like Japan uh, Kellogg and uh, Manny Anzong. Like you and can build a team around Kamari McGee. Kamari McGee, of course. Yeah, like. You can build a team, but the question is, are they buying in, you know, 100%? Are they still going to be here? You know, because if so, then then they're on the right path. That's, you know, I still don't necessarily believe in Will Ryan, but but I've been wrong before it happens. Like, maybe he really is. I honestly believe that this is Will Ryan's team. This is These are the guys that he, he has brought in. And as much as it probably pains Green Bay fans – to see, well, maybe not necessarily Amari Davis. It seems like he chose poorly. Now that he has to play for a new coach and Quanto Martin's gone. Oops. But when you look at like a, a Josh Jefferson or a Tank, well, not necessarily. Well, Tank Kempel could have stayed, but he didn't. He's a Drake and doing very well at Drake. And you see kind of all those guys that have left and it's, you know, he's you always in the back of your mind, because I've been down, the, and believe me, Green Bay fans, obviously, I've, as a Cleveland State fan, I've been down this road before, speculating on what could have been. At the same time, you look at, you look at Will Ryan, this is entirely his team. This is the, these are the guys he's, he's got in. And so, and, and I think between, I think all of these guys, by and large, have something to bring to the table. I don't think they're. I don't think they're there yet. And this is why we see them struggling a lot, because you have you have a team that hasn't really. And then you you add in the COVID part of it because they've been, they've had situations where they've only been like against Milwaukee. They had they only had what seven or eight. They only had like seven guys against Milwaukee, and 
you have that situation, which kind of doesn't help your development at all. And I think this time next year, they'll be better. Will they be in the top half? Will they be competing at the top of the league? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. It depends on how the league shakes out next year. But yeah, I think they're going to be better. I think they're going to be a better team next year. I think, um, I really truly think that, that Will Ryan has his core. And I think, because, you know, between Lucas Steber, uh, between um, Japan and Kellogg, um, Manny Ansong will probably, we, I mean, Manny Ansong is his guy from Wheeling. He's absolutely Will Ryan's guy. Does he absolutely. take the extra year? Um, probably. I think, I think we see him another year. Um, he's got Kamari McGee. Um, I think Cade Meyer is going to develop for him really well. Uh, Donovan Ivory, I, I don't know if he's got an extra year of eligibility on him or not. Um, would be helpful if it did because he's been, you know, he's definitely been a big contributor for them when he's in. Which, incidentally, we didn't think was going to happen in the preseason. I think that I think at this point in time, I truly believe that when it comes down to it, I think. Will Ryan is going to have the team he wants. He's got the team he wants, and he's going to build on that in the next and both next year and the year after. That's what I think. Fair enough. I I don't have an opinion on it. I just I'm not sure I buy into Will Ryan. That's that's my opinion, but it's pretty unfounded. So we'll see. Could be. Could very well be. But you know, again, it's it's. It's basically I see what I see in Will in Will Ryan's Green Bay team is what I think I want to say I I want to say I'm trying to see in IUPUI but it just hasn't come together for them. But we already talked about that last week too about their situation. And you feel again you feel bad for the guys, but you know when you look at the, their best again their best opportunity probably to get a win. It was against Green Bay, and they lost by 15. Yeah, you didn't do it. Actually, I take that back. Their best opportunity to win was against UIC when they didn't have Diggins and Franklin in, and they still lost. That was yeah. their best opportunity. <laughs> and I don't, and and I don't think they have that kind of. And looking at Robert Morris right now, I don't know if they have that kind of opportunity against them either. I think. I think if you Khalil Spear will probably run wild on them, um, and I think incidentally that's the key to what happened with uh, with Milwaukee on Saturday because Milwaukee just ran all ran all over them. But they the big key that they had was in the front. They had like you know they were hitting them with uh, Moses Bull and Joey Saint Pierre, and they didn't have anybody to and they didn't have anybody to uh, you know and Jonah Carrasco. It doesn't have the size to go up against those guys, and they just got overwhelmed. And I think that's going to probably be the case. And I really, truly think that's going to be the case against Robert Morris too, um, because I look at Khalil Spear. I think he's going to run not only Khalil Spear, but you know Justin Winston and Brandon Stone even coming in are going to be the guys that they're going to probably. I'm going to see those guys, and yeah, that, that their front court definitely outmatches IUPUI's front court. But again, if we're being honest, again, when you look at IUPUI, that's kind of what we, uh, you know, like it or not, like it or don't. I mean, that's kind of where we, you know, that's that we didn't have too much. The bar was low for them, essentially. 
Well, and don't forget, this week we get an extra glance at IUPUI. Oh, Jesus. Uh, glance is exactly it. They're playing Ohio State. On an extra 18th. viewing. And it's on national television. It's on BTN. BTN. Um, yeah. What is that? It's the 18th. That's on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, that's Tuesday, be, and then they host be. Bright State two days later. Uh, where they're playing Grandpa Silly. And Grandpa Silly, I don't, yeah. And again, the front court. And by the way, I'm sure that the rest of their team's going to be back, too. Matt Crenshaw basically said, hey, we're going to lose. Let's get a paycheck and went off to Ohio State for a day. (laughs) You know what? Why not? Well, they and and this is fun. And again, this is another thing, too, is that we're seeing we're seeing this a little bit more. Um, I don't know if Fort Wayne or Cleveland State is going to do the same thing, but you're seeing um, you're seeing where teams that have lost a couple of games like an IUPUI and incidentally Oakland are looking for looking for games and specifically buy games uh, because why not? Yeah. Greg Campy is, is notedly out there looking for a buy game. The, the struggle is that uh, nobody really wants to pay to have Oakland come in right now. Oh, of course not. Yeah. What are you going to do? IUPUI? Yeah. They're going to, you know, they'll, they'll oh, do absolutely. that one. Oh, absolutely. And so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> what else do you say about that? Nada. May the odds ever be in your favor. Hey, you know what? Sometimes it, it it's a business. And if nothing else, Matt Crenshaw is doing the business. Yeah. So, well, no, I think that, well, I think the other thing too, I think they had to cancel one of their buy games. I think that, didn't they, weren't they supposed to go? Oh, no, I I can't remember. They, I think they had to cancel one of their buy games, if I'm not mistaken. I want to say it was that them or Purdue Fort Wayne. I cannot remember, but I'm pretty sure... No, wait, it was Purdue Fort Wayne. Never mind. They were supposed to go up against Michigan. And they didn't. Never mind. Yeah, that was so, the thing. That was the thing. So, all right. So that's going to wrap it up for us. That's enough. So next week, uh, obviously, we've got. So we're going to have some repeat games. Uh, so it's weird the way the schedule is set up that we're seeing teams play each other that we saw like two weeks ago play. So. I don't know. Maybe we just want to just kind of say tune in to last week's episode because we we're going to say probably say the exact same thing we said this last week than we are next week. I mean, selfishly, <laughs> I hope so. I, I hope that Patrick Baldwin Jr. doesn't show up for that Oakland game. But hey, it is what it is. Let's do it. We'll see. I mean, he is listed as day to day, so you never know. So. Hey, that's another Thursday's a day. Thursday's a day. We'll find out soon enough. So. All right, so HorizonRoundTable.com. Be sure to, uh, yeah, go on there. We've got a bunch of stuff. You know, power rankings come out this week. Uh, we've got a bunch of uh, articles coming out. So uh, love the analysis, by the way, for Matt. Who, again, you know, we've sucked him into the writing vortex where he was talking about uh, what pe- what teams need to do to be Oakland. You should definitely read that one. Absolutely. Um, you have to read that one instead of replying to the e- uh, replying to the. Th- Twitter post saying the thing that's in the article for one team. Try not to do that. Read the article. <laughs> also, hold on, Bob. Before I know you're you're in the middle of signing off. I had one more rant that I needed to go on. Can I do it? Can I have like one more minute? Knock yourself this? out. Go for it. All right. So there is so much whining within the Twitter Horizon League fans yesterday about officiating, and I just need to say this out loud, and hopefully someone will hear it. Everybody hates their officiating. Big 10, Big 12, ACC. Everybody thinks they have the worst officials. 
the Horizon officials are nothing special. They didn't do anything wrong. They didn't do anything right. They're the officials on the game. If they call it consistent, that's the most you can ask for. Sometimes the way they call it sucks. I agree. But as long as it's consistent, stop whining. Stop pretending like your your officials are so bad and they, your game was called so bad and my team was going to win. Other No, your team needed to play better. That's all it comes down to. I hate when people use officials as whining and I'm getting really tired of horizon league fans pretending like their officials are any worse than anybody else's doesn't matter your sport it doesn't matter your league everybody thinks their officials suck the horizon officials suck too but they suck just the same as everybody else and as long as they suck consistently for both teams on a day that's how they're calling the game enjoy it thanks to your point i i i to your point i will just add one additional thing you need to and you mentioned this a little bit but i will i will i will go one step further if you you need to play, you do never leave a game, and I've said this for years. Never leave a game up to the refs. No, you gotta you gotta play the game. You gotta play. I mean, the refs aren't shooting the ball for you. <laughs> the refs aren't playing defense for you. You need to play well enough that there isn't a call that you can complain about later. Don't leave it up to the officials. Play well enough to you don't have to worry. So you're not having to leave it up to them. Period. Okay. Thanks. I think that was it. Oh, crud. So, yeah. So, yeah. Horizon nice to finish your sign off. Yeah. Horizonroundtable.com. Um, we're on wherever podcasts are found. And, of course, you can pull us up on your Amazon or Google devices. So, tune in next week. And until then, thank you all for listening.